realistically, unless you're feeding new audiences in through the top through paid, it gets increasingly challenging over time to reach new audiences. B2B Content Strategist is the podcast where you'll hear actionable advice and strategic guidance from content marketing leaders. I'm Amy Woods, CEO of Content 10X, and I sit down with leading B2B marketers to discuss how they overcome challenges with limited time and resources and execute winning campaigns time after time. If you want to improve and streamline your content marketing, keep listening. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the B2B Content Strategist podcast. I'm your host, Amy Woods, founder of Content 10X, and I'm so pleased to be speaking with you today. The B2B Content Strategist podcast is all about sharing conversations with leaders in the B2B content marketing world. In particular, I'll be interviewing business and marketing leaders in the tech and professional services industries. We look at what goes into their marketing strategies, the who, the why, the how. Hopefully, you will take away some strategic guidance and actionable advice for your own marketing strategy and approach. In this episode, I'm joined by Andy Lambert, Director of Growth at Content Cal. Andy has over a decade of experience in creating markets, building profitable businesses and leadership roles in industry-leading SaaS organisations. He's worked exclusively in B2B SaaS, having led sales and marketing teams, created two businesses from scratch and achieved significant exits. In 2016, Andy joined the founding team at Content Cal, a social media marketing SaaS product, and he explains more about Content Cal in the interview. Over the course of five years, they raised over $10 million. Content Cal grew to be used by multiple thousands of customers in over 100 countries. They won numerous awards and at the end of 2021, were acquired by Adobe. In this conversation, Andy shares how Content Cal approach marketing and the four main content pillars that they focus on. We talk about the most successful and memorable content marketing campaigns Andy has been involved in and so much more. Let's jump in to the conversation. Andy, welcome to the B2B Content Strategist podcast. It's great to have you on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Appreciate it. It's a real, real pleasure. So um, could you just tell us about your role in a few sentences and what Content Cal does? Yeah, so I am Director of Growth, slightly esoteric sounding title. Uh, basically constitutes anything to do with business growth, which is rather broad because I'm not sure there's a role that constitutes to business shrinkage. But hey, so that's me. I'm one of the founders here at Content Cal. So um, from creating all of the commercial engines to anything that interacts with our customers is, well, usually I'm, I'm involved with in some capacity. What Content Cal is, as the name might suggest, it's a content marketing platform to allow individuals to ideate on, plan, organize, publish, and analyze their content, not just social media, but broader content as you and I might see, you know, content is just not one single social media post, it's broader than that. So a simple calendar interface to help people organize things cross channel. Awesome. And what what does your team look like? So in terms of how are you structured from the role specifically or the sub teams that you have um, under yourself? So, yeah, the structure is always interesting because 
it's changing. We're a, we're a small business, about um, 50 employees now, grows quite quickly. So I kind of straddle sales, marketing, product. So it's kind of interesting role because it links a lot of that together, helping like the product and market expertise transcend the multiple different departments. So I, I play a bit of a floating role, but from a marketing perspective, which is probably more pertinent for this conversation, pretty simple, really. Um, head of marketing, that's Chris. Uh, underneath that, we have a head of brand of con- and content, uh, Katie. Katie has two individuals underneath her, so two copywriters ultimately and content creators. And we also have a product marketer as well. So making sure that all the content that we create talks the right language from a product perspective as well. So not a hugely complex structure, but that's the the way we're running at the moment. There's also a lot of change with that following like the acquisition by Adobe. Um, So yeah, it's things will move and change and evolve (laughs) for sure. How far in are you now since the Adobe acquisition? We are two and a half, no, not even two months, six weeks, six weeks. So uh, very early days, um, basically lots of conversations around exciting stuff. Some integration work has started, um, but there's still lots of things to to net out and, and finalise. Incredible next step of the journey, but of course, like with any kind of small and scaling business, you know, change is the constant. And this will be the the biggest sea change for the for the business in our journey, which um, I think I speak for the rest of the business. We're all incredibly excited about, but um, lots of unknowns, it's fair to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, huge congratulations on that. Such a, you know, big, big achievement. And I, when I, I remember reading the announcement about the acquisition and just being so happy for you guys you know just thinking wow what an achievement <laughs> so you know congrats on that and it yeah I'm sure it is the kind of biggest change but it's definitely positive change I'm sure so you know, lots it's, more to come now <laughs> yeah thank you it's, it's interesting because it's like in in some ways for for many businesses I'm sure it would seem like you know once you've kind of exited the business that feels like the end but I think here the attitude at content kind of feels like the start to be honest yeah. Like, you know, suddenly there is an, an, an incredible world of opportunity being one of the world's biggest creative companies. So, um, yeah, we're buzzed, basically. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, I know. It's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, it does feel like the start of something amazing. So, yeah. Um, what about your content strategy? So what is the kind of overarching content strategy and the current priorities that you guys have with the, you know, kind of content that you're creating for your content strategy? Yeah, so for for us, it's all educationally led, um, as it probably would be for many other businesses. So nothing massively complex here, but uh, there are really kind of four types of content that we create that are all predominantly um, focused on user education. Because the, the market that we serve is small businesses, um, the biggest gap, and you'll know this um, yeah, as well as I will, Amy, which is you know, the biggest gap for small businesses isn't their desire to do it. It's their understanding of what it is they need to do. Um, so, And it's really creativity is the, the biggest barrier to, to doing content marketing well, because you know, if 
if you're creative and you tell a good story, it kind of doesn't matter what channel you choose to double down on, your, your message will work if you get the story right. And that's why you know, we spend a lot of time helping small businesses, providing educational content um, to help individuals uh, and businesses get better at content marketing. So that then presents us with, you know, an incredible plethora of content that we could create, right? Because it's near, it's nearly limitless. So uh, I mentioned a few different kind of formats or types of content that we create. And number one will be um, like the downloads and guides, you know, simple stuff, loads of people do this. Um, but the purpose of those is to rank predominantly for SEO, the most popular of which is our content calendar template, right? So the irony isn't lost on me. It's fair to say that we provide an Excel-based calendar template as a lead gen funnel for a business that's built to kill it. <laughs> Go figure. But um, yeah, so those kind of templates that rank well for SEO pull people into to a funnel. I'm sure we can talk more about funnels and such later on. Um, and then webinars are a huge one for us. Once again, lots of people do them. Our average webinar registrations are about just over a thousand. So we run them every two weeks, um, mostly with a guest speaker, not necessarily like celebrity. We have done like, you know, ones with Stephen Bartlett or Matt Navarra uh, before. Um, but to be honest, the, the results we get from with the kind of the big ticket speaker isn't hugely different to the, the individuals that that we would bring on that just get their craft and speak well to our to our audience in fact amy definitely one that i'd like to get you on one of our webinars oh, <laughs> wonderful thank you <laughs> um, yeah because like individuals like yourself where you where you know your craft there is uh, a really good angle you have to tell and it's so nice for our, our audience to hear from someone else as well so yeah you do a lot of giving the stage to to other individuals so webinars um, really, really powerful. Then the two others, uh, one is our academy. That's definitely a lot heavier lift in terms of content creation. And it's basically like the natural evolution of the educational content we're creating. Yes, we're doing these kind of like templates, we're doing these webinars, and then we take these webinars into uh, our broader academy. Um, and the academy basically then structures the learning. So rather than someone just watching a webinar and going, that was good, that was interesting, I learned a couple of things, giving some form of test after it, you know, an accreditation to go, what did we learn? How can we now put this into, into action? And structuring all of that content in a learning journey. Um, yeah, that's, that's a really important one. And, uh, and the final piece of that, which kind of links in all to this, is for the people that don't really want to go on the kind of structured learning journey, we just have these short courses whereby, and you'll like this one, Amy, <laughs> where we take, we take the webinars, cut them up into little pieces, and we just call them short courses, 15-minute snippets of like, you know, hard-hitting learning. So you don't have to sit through 60 minutes of, you know, learning. You will get a lot yeah. more from that. But if you just want to the point, that's the, the short courses for you. Um, and of course, around all that is all the social and email, but really it point everything points back to those four kind of key tenets of our content. And with the um, the academy that you mentioned, with the uh, the courses longer and short, is that a uh, academy for um, people customers of um, Content Cal, or is this a kind of just a free academy for anybody? 
there's two sides to it. So um, all of which is free. So um, one is structured into kind of learnings around all these webinars, which is non-content health specific, just, you know, it might be something about SEO. It might be a course on, you know, uh, email, for example. So it's not all something that's just related to even the things we do here at Content Cal. Now, uh, there is a, a version of our academy where it's uh, a course, uh, we call it the diploma, where it's all focused on how you use Content Cal then to kind of deliver against what an ideal content marketing strategy might look like. So it, I think f- for me, that was one of the most important things we did for like growing our business because then it set um the the context of the content cal features into what the broader what a broader ideal content strategy looks like and um you know this goes a bit more into product marketing at this point but um that then is particularly interesting because not everyone can see what you can see when you look at a product it's you know it kind of brings it to life to go right well if your content strategy needs to look like this here's how you bring it to life using um at all like content cal but that's that's a very specific version of the academy of which um is not really promoted that widely broadly because you would need to have a keen interest in learning content cal to right yeah and and you mentioned at the top of those four key pillars that you all the social content that you'll be creating as well are you i, I guess i know that you'll be focusing on most of the social platforms in in what you do are you running paid social campaigns as well as part of that strategy yeah definitely so um yeah all of the the normal social channels are the ones that we focus on um to be honest results we'll only typically get from an organic perspective predominantly on LinkedIn is where we do the best then followed by Twitter um and yeah we run paid we run a lot of paid um historically you know um probably a bit of insight we've we've probably been guilty of not taking our own advice from a paid perspective um and thinking paid as purely the acquisition side of marketing um rather than thinking paid as like brand lifting right that's that's definitely um, a huge learning I'll take away from some missteps that we've made over the year because we invest heavily into Facebook ads, um, you know, five figures plus every month, for example, right? Um, and it all goes into dedicated landing pages, which is focused on bringing people into our trial. That's all well and good. But of course, um, without, you know, focusing on lifting the brand at the same time, and this is where, this is where um many b2b's fall down is that uh, they focus on those paid channels as purely acquisition um channels which misses a huge huge amount of the opportunity in focusing on raising the profile of your brand through increasing reach and driving yeah. into your into your content funnels and that's you know a bit of a pivot we made from uh quite recently i think about q4 last year to be honest that was uh, i was happy with that move yeah, so so more um, kind of brand awareness and uh, content, uh, organic, well, content marketing of the content as opposed to, uh, yeah, like the the acquisition um, content. That makes sense. Um, from a from we talked briefly about the um, the structure of of your team and the, the specifically like the marketing area. So 
What have you decided to keep in-house and what aspects of this has been more preferable to to outsource? Uh, Good question. Simply put, all paid is outsourced. One single agency managing all paid across Facebook and PPC, which is which is fine, which worked well. We've, you know, it's a, it's a huge area of our growth, um, fueled growth through through paid media. Um, it's about forty percent of all of our new business comes through through that channel. Um, but as it's outsourced, that's kind of why we've seen quite a delineation between um, that's the activation, the kind of performance marketing sits over there, and all of the brand content sits over here, which has typically been organic which has driven, it's still driven the majority of our growth, the organic, um, 60% of our growth. But um, it's kind of capped because you know, realistically, unless you're feeding new audiences in through the top through paid, it then becomes really, it gets increasingly challenging over time to reach new audiences with organic alone. So that's why we've had that se- segmentation, that separation. I'll definitely advise businesses against that. Um, uh, but yeah, everything else is is in house. Did for a period of time we were at running a podcast, had a separate podcast host running that. He took it over from me, um, and I wouldn't go back to doing that again. Just lost the brand voice, to be honest. Uh, yeah, a huge benefit of podcasting is to to learn from people like yourself and build relationships with the podcast host. I, I also like you in this instance. Um, yeah, and that was lost. So realistically, I'm not entirely sure, you know, content creation is quite hard to outsource. That being said, um, we do outsource some of the kind of writing of our SEO blogs to um, like freelance copywriters, for example. But that's against a kind of strict SEO brief, for example, because what we don't want to do is tie down our content creators with with churning out SEO oriented blogs. Mm um when they're they're creative individuals that's their job to um to help implement the strategy that's been set by katie head of brand yeah um yeah so there's quite a bit that's outsourced actually now i start to think about yeah yeah so what do you look for when you're choosing an external partner to work with for outsourcing are there any kind of you know really you know key traits that that are major green go yes and maybe like red flags as well when choosing those partners to work with to be honest with you um the current partner is one that was chosen by another member of the team who they'd worked with historically that's why word of mouth works so yeah. well agencies right because everyone will say the same thing they can all say that they can do the same things predominantly uh but the the only difference is trust so if someone's delivered some results historically, then we'll then we'll go with them. Um, so I, honestly, I don't think I could share anything particularly interesting or insightful because it's just like how any sale is done. It's yeah. like as soon as someone trusts you, then then you're in, and that's all we've looked for. Just a super quick break from this conversation to let you know that if you're a B2B technology or professional services company and you want help with streamlining your content operations, outsourcing your content repurposing is the number one way to produce more high quality content and boost your ROI without putting any more pressure on your team. In fact, it could save your team up to 30 hours per week. 
We offer content repurposing services for video and audio content. Whether you have a show or you're launching a brand new one, maybe you have an archive of awesome content, be it webinars or a virtual event, or you want help creating thought leadership content that we can repurpose, we've got you covered. Head to content10x.com to see how we can help you and start increasing your efficiency and the value you get from your content. Now back to the conversation. So let's talk about um, one of your most memorable content marketing initiatives. So um, what would you say, I know this is putting you on the spot, one of the top 10 then most memorable, but if possible, you know, the, the most memorable content marketing initiative in terms of, you know, what you did and, and the results that you had. So memorable is an interesting one because I could talk through something that's is quite new so it's still the results are still a bit unknown to be honest but proud of um, and talk through something as well that has delivered outstanding results despite you know not massive effort so i'll talk through a couple of them um so there's one that's that's that kind of sticks to my mind but it was quite a big upheaval um, and this was done in partnership. So it's kind of like content syndication is a, is a really interesting area, basically um, being able to proliferate content through other party, parties or partners as well. So uh, we did something with the Content Marketing Institute. So see, well-respected brand in content marketing. And um, it was all based on the maturity model of content marketing. So essentially we had created a model of which um, myself and Chris, our head of marketing, came up with what this, the kind of five steps of maturity, you know, businesses go through on the natural evolution of, you know, they get content marketing, start to see it working for themselves, and then they get to the pinnacle of it becomes entrenched in a business process, not, you know, just being done by some marketer solo by themselves, just flying the flag for content, but it becomes entrenched. So it's that kind of journey. There's lots of maturity models in this space, but we decided to like properly get it researched. Like we came up with it based on our knowledge, but then we took it to um, external parties and had some kind of educational establishments validate the validity of our model, um, which then gave it extra credibility where it's not just our view of the world. It's It starts to kind of solidify. And then we got the Content Marketing Institute involved in this. So then suddenly it becomes like a really respected piece and we ran a massive content marketing survey where we got two and a half thousand content marketers to respond to this based on you know how they would rate themselves in terms of their performance against a whole number of criteria that sits within this maturity model did a massive write-up of that launched our maturity model um had that publicized across uh, multiple different assets kind of like pr type of stuff so um, starts to go above and beyond so you know my kind of daily google alert started to start ping off as, as people start to recognize this piece because kind of like becomes an independent study on you know the maturity of content marketing and it's then kind of plays back into everything that we do at content cal because we then restructured all our pricing and our plans to focus on where you're at in the maturity curve um, all of our sales team then got trained on this to help people to get to understand where they're at, um, you know, when they're asking people about, you know, how do you find content, Cal? But also, like, talk to me about your 
you know, your plans or how content marketing is seen within your organization, et cetera. So it helps us advise people correctly. So it became a piece of content that became entrenched across the whole organization as a kind of core underlying principle of what we're about and what we were trying, not just to tell the market what, what we're about, but also represent that value in everything that we did. So that's, that's memorable because it's everything. It becomes a business priority, not just a kind of content marketing endeavor. Um, but then the, the other thing, which is not huge effort, not huge investment, but outsized returns. Um, and there's, there's too many to think of. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to call out two. So one is our partnership with a marketing community called the Marketing Meetup, um, which I think I've got about 25,000 members now, started by a guy called Joe Glover. Um, brilliant community. We got in with them uh, two years ago, I think, a year and a half ago. So they're quite, they're quite early on in this. This was kind of pre-lockdown where they've kind of, you know, post-pandemic, they've really started to, to, to balloon and scale. But anyway, so we deduced that they had like the, the perfect kind of audience. I went to a, quite a few of their meetups and it like, it felt like a really good audience for us. Um, so started up a partnership with them, just simply giving them free access to content Cal. And there was some money that changed hands as, as well, but nothing, not great to be honest. Um, and then working in partnership with them, like creating content together, whether it's like surveys, whether it's kind of, you know, I, I started to run like live strategy sessions for them. So for the, for the community, so anyone could drop in and you know, share basically like content marketing agony aunt, if you will. Um, so I just had opened drop in sessions and it ended up getting us really entrenched with the community. And, you know, trust proliferates in a community when, you know, word of mouth starts. It spreads like wildfire when you work within a community because even though you know content cal is is pretty small in comparison to Hootsuite or Buffer of the world, when you start to work within communities, you seem bigger than you are because suddenly it's like oh, everyone's talking about you. Well, it's just only everyone within your circle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, bigger than you are, which ultimately has that net effect of you know that's why people trust bigger brands because you've heard about them. It's a way of shortcutting trust. So then, when people in a community hear about you and say good things, it starts to spread much quicker. And that was that was a brilliant community to be part of, and it continues to to be incredible for us. Um, we continue to work together really closely, and it's it as you can probably see with everything I'm talking about. You know, the channels and who you work with is just as important as all of the the content that you'll create because you need to think about where that content is going to end up. Because, like I said earlier, you're always going to hit a ceiling if you're just thinking about promoting it on organic through your socials, through your emails, etc. You need to always think about the other audiences that, that can uh, get hold of your content. And the final thing, sorry, it's a super long answer. No, no, it's good. <laughs> um, was uh, actually, this is one time that actually popped up to Manchester, to be honest, in this, in this story. <laughs> Uh, just at the very, very first week of launching this business, thinking about how on earth do you gain any traction? We're a tiny business with three of us in a garage. Um, so wh where do we go, you know, competing against um, like the likes of Hootsuite with God knows how many customers they have, 85,000 plus, I think it is. Anyway, but um, so 
I, when I was Googling stuff, I was Googling Hootsuite pricing and I saw a blog by a chap called Ian Anderson Gray, who lives just outside of Manchester. Um, and uh, I saw that it was basically seven reasons not to use Hootsuite, which was ranking Hootsuite pricing. I was like, well, that looks brilliant. I need to make friends with Ian. So anyway, I dropped him. Most people would usually, and I'm sure you get this all the time as, as I do, I get emails every single day of people saying, can I put a link on your site? Or yes, <laughs> just like, shut up. It's just, no one thinks about it. It's just spam fest. Um, and then, so I just dropped a message through through his site. It's saying like, I'd love to take you for coffee to learn more about how you built your, your site. You're obviously incredible SEO. Also love to show you uh, what we're working on here at Content Cal, because you clearly know your stuff. Can I come up to Manchester and buy your coffee? Um, he said, yeah, sat with him for an hour because actually bought him a coffee and he gave me generous enough with the time. Um, and he saw enough value in what, what we were about um, and also he left an impression, right? Because out of all the tons of emails that he gets, because he has a brilliant site, the, the person that wanted to take the time and lead with generosity, that's that's the time that, um, you know, he, he also reflected that generosity. Anyway, so we ended up doing some stuff together. Um, he ended up including us on that article. And that five years later is still one of our highest generating sites for traffic. Um, and it's... Yeah, it's, it's incredible finding those people to help you thinking about where you can put your content, whether it's on the search term, whether it's within communities. Um, that's the bit it takes a lot of thinking about. There's no hacking it. There's no shortcutting it. It's just about constant, relentless thinking about it every single day. Where can I put this content? And let's not just think, oh, we should start a TikTok. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely love you, your answers to all of them come down to you know collaboration community partnership trust and you know and another answer could have been well you know we put loads of spend on a b testing this uh you know facebook ad and then we went all in but it's not that is it it's it's you know from what you said i just i love that all of them came down to to that to to trust and partnership and collaboration it's just really funny. It's it's too long a story to, to go into now, but I know Ian well. The first time I ever met Ian, I did the same thing. I went for a coffee with him because he was going to social media marketing world and I noticed he lived near me and I got in touch and said, can we go for a coffee? Right when I was starting Content 10X, before Content 10X was a business actually, and it was in kind of early stage and I just spoke to him about it. And we spoke about that that post he, he talked to me about this um why not why you shouldn't use Hootsuite we spoke for ages about that post because we were talking about SEO and, and, and ranking and all things like that so it's funny the small world we were talking about what attracts people online the what not to do and as well as what to do and people are quite intrigued by those kinds of, of articles so <laughs> funny funny small world Definitely. let me ask you three quick fire questions to before we say goodbye so number one what's one takeaway tip that you would give to other content marketers looking to optimize content output get your story right first know yep. know your audience intrinsically and focus on the smallest possible audience you can serve um too many people think about serving too many audiences focus on the smallest possible get yeah and get that story right that will absolutely resonate 
Love that. <laughs> okay, brilliant. What is one typically overlooked or undervalued tool that you would recommend? Apart from obviously Content Car, which isn't oh. overlooked or undervalued, so that's not fair. <laughs> overlooked, undervalued. I'm going to say it's not necessarily a tool because there are lots of tools that do this, um, but just the knowledge of share of voice. That single metric mm -hmm. is the one most misunderstood or just not even thought about metric in content marketing. Yet for me, if if you had to tell me I could use no other metric other than one, I would only focus on share of voice um, because that really truly under, helps you understand the impact that you're having. Um, and there are tools that you can uh, get that metric on. For me, um, Mentionlytics is one of the, uh, the most cost-effective ones to, okay. to get that measure. Awesome. Cool. Um, if you could create any kind of content for your organization, and I mean anything, right, as in a billboard in Times Square or a TV show or the, just the sky's the limit, what would you, what would you go for? Um, this leads back to our kind of pre-podcast chat. Uh, I would do an in-person event that's all yeah. focused on content marketing education, where people would have to do practical exercises and implement some of the learnings and then we can share findings. So it'd be like a three day event. Um, and then you can truly understand the output and the learning off the back of that. So like really interactive learning and execution event. Um, and yeah, that, that for me would be incredible. And, and plus, cause I'm very much missing some in-person <laughs> Uh, connection that's for sure so that's that's what I would do yeah you got a perfect venue in mind in, on your on your event vision board <laughs> I don't as it happens no. so open mind a lot on that one. <laughs> the, the output I'm I'm definitely very clear on what we'd like to get from that cool so on the b2b content strategist podcast we're speaking to true leaders in b2b content world tech world just like yourself who do you think I should be speaking to? One other person that you think the leader in the B2B marketing tech world? <laughs> I know there's, well, there's two. One, one might be a little harder to get hold of, um, Dave Gerhardt, but I'm sure you know who, who he is. Um, and I'm trying my best to remember his name. He is from a business called Supermetrics. Um, he's, oh, I read his stuff a lot on LinkedIn, but why can't I remember his name? Edward Ford. Oh, okay. Edward Ford. Yeah. I'm going to be looking, looking him up. <laughs> Demand Gen Director at Supermetrics. Cool. Okay. Um, Dave, I would love to have him on. We, I've corresponded with him on email and it's just reminded me because he's just gone onto the board. Our, our client um, is an advisor so that gets me another conversation starter. Hi. So there we go. I'm going to try again <laughs> and That's see awesome. if he can speak. He's he's a, a legend as well, isn't he? Everything he says, it's just really, really good advice. So I'm a big fan as well. Thank you so much, Andy. It's been such a great conversation. Um, in terms of any next steps that you would like uh, listeners to take anywhere you'd like them to go, you mentioned some awesome downloads before. Well, I mean, just if you head on to our website and our resources, it will give you everything that I've, I've spoken about uh, today. Um, so, and also the best place to, to connect and, and network is, is LinkedIn. That's where you'll find me. So I'm always happy to, to strike up new conversations with other B2B marketers because I could talk about this thing all day because 
B2B content marketing is still very much in its infancy. There is a long way um, for B2B marketers to go in terms of improving content output and the results that they get through content. Definitely is. Well, thank you so much. I'll put um, a link to, to that, to, to your LinkedIn. Not that anyone will struggle to find you, but as it's a classic podcast statement, we'll have links to everything in the show notes. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an awesome conversation. So thank you. Loved it. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for listening to this episode of B2B Content Strategist. Do let me know what you thought of our conversation by getting in touch with me on social media. You'll find Content 10X on all the social platforms or search for Amy Woods, CEO of Content 10X on LinkedIn. To find out more about streamlining your content marketing processes and specifically about content repurposing, check out our website, content10x.com where you'll find information and resources that will help you achieve more with your content more efficiently. And if you're looking for a partner to outsource your content repurposing and distribution to, get in touch as we offer a world-class, fully end-to-end, done-for-you content repurposing service. Thanks again for listening to this episode and I'll catch you in the next one.